0: To the Pep Talk podcast with your host Thomas Regan, the podcast that aims to aid your strength and well-being. Okay, welcome to the first episode of Pep Talk. I'm um, Cycling Performance uh, Thomas Regan. Today we have a former world record holder. Stephen Manuel, powerlifter. So, Steve, let's just get straight into it. Um, How did you get into uh, fitness and powerlifting?
1: So, getting into fitness, it was just I started. I just I've always been active. Like, like just when I was a kid, like there was no YouTube and stuff like that. So, like you just kind of went out and climbed a tree or just played around, played football all the time. I've always been into fitness in a way, like. Started taking it seriously at like 14, 15 when I started playing rugby. Okay. Cause like I was, like I've always been the shortest in most rooms, and I was skinny as out when um when I first started doing all that. So I just started lifting weights to try and be have a bit more of a presence on the pitch. I guess.
0: Yeah. So you started lifting to help with your uh, rugby performance.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Like it's just that that was the, it's always been about performance for me.
0: Yeah, and did it start with powerlifting, or was it more just getting in the gym? Uh, what's what, or did you go? You know what, I'm gonna be a powerlifter.
1: I just went to um, I went used to school the gym when we when we me met, and his dad, Like after school, when I was fourteen, like he just shows what to do.
0: Yeah, and, and now, I just
1: copy that, and then like you read bloody shit, men's health training programs, and all that sort of stuff. You just wing it when you're a kid, like.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like I remember when I first started, and it was just um you know just arms chest like the usual not yeah. not really not really specific um and then obviously when you get older you get more experience then you decide to do um different types of strength training so yeah. um how so when was you think the transition was when you actually said you know what i want to be a powerlifter and so going away from the rugby side and going oh have you always played rugby
1: no, no. I've been rugby for a few years when I was that age, like me, I didn't even know what powerlifting was. Like hmm. nobody knew what it was back then. Like hardly anybody competed in it. Yep. Like when I did my first British championships I had no competitors. I had nobody to compete against.
0: Yeah, you were in your own and your right class.
1: Yeah, I was like my my first British Junior title, I had nobody that I was competing <laughs> against.
0: So how do you think it why do you think it's grew so much in the past um couple of years then?
1: Well, social media, like yep. people actually got to see what it was. Like, I didn't have a fucking clue what it was. Like it was just, I, I was, I was in college, and I just had, I so happened to train at a college that had a gym attached to it. It was Gateshead Stadium. Mm-hmm. So like, I used to go in the gym after, and they had a powerlifting club, and that's the only reason I found out about powerlifting.
0: Oh, so like, it was just I didn't on the way. Yeah, you didn't look for didn't it. Look you just, it. it just came to you, and yeah. That's interesting because normally, like, I mean, I'm probably a, a little. How old are you? Sorry,
1: I'm thirty one, 32 in a few days.
0: Okay, so I'm about five years younger. So I started a bit less than you, but a bit before you, probably. So for me, like, um, powerlifting was a thing on like social media and YouTube and yeah, things like that. And it that's was where, none of them. yeah, and that's where I come across uh, the likes of you on your YouTube. Um, like I used to like you know um, Hodge twins and all all stuff like that and that's how I yeah. got into the the powerlifting and the fitness kind of thing. Um, but it's 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 funny that you said like oh it's, it was just on a whim that you found the powerlifting club.
1: Yeah, it was just honestly just one of those things, right place at the right time.
0: Yeah. I,
1: it was it was in college when I did it, and I and I'd spent a year in college doing something that I just couldn't be asked with anymore. So then I just like. Like, I just, I honestly just found it because the only thing I enjoyed doing at that time was training, so I had to travel, like, an hour every day to go to college, and then I would just stay in powerlifting after. Like, honestly, just, like, complete chance that I found it.
0: How was the, um, how was it to start with, the powerlifting? How do you mean, how was it? Like, so, like, um, you know, going lifting, like, really heavy weights, and the, the going to the club, and, and that sort of process.
1: It was, it was all good, mate. It was just, is what it is. Like, I just like lifting weights. I like, like lifting heavy. I like training hard. Yeah. It was easy, like just everyone was dead welcoming, like.
0: So what? What, what age was like, that? Sixteen, 16 seventeen.
1: Best people in
0: power Was that about fifteen, sixteen, seventeen? you started going to the powerlifting house uh, I was
1: sixteen. It was like right around me. It was right around the time of my seventeenth birthday. It was like two or three months before that.
0: And when did you decide, like, oh, I'm really good at this. I'm gonna actually. Go and compete and and test myself.
1: I had no choice. me fucking coach put us in after six weeks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> six weeks.
1: Something like that. It wasn't much. It wasn't much.
0: And what what It was Wasn't the... long
1: at all. Like I just, it. I don't know. Like because if you if you if you put it on too much of a pedestal and you take too long and if that's your only reason for going to compete, I don't think you're gonna really get much out of the sport in the first place anyway. Yeah. But like, it's just. I see this trend of people, like, wanting to do a competition when they're at a certain standard. But it's like, when you do that, you're going to end up putting it on way too much of a pedestal, and you're going to be way too nervous. You just fucking threw us in there because you knew I was going to do well.
0: Yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's, to be fair, that's kind of, like, what I've done because I've never actually competed yet. I was going to compete in September, but um, it got cancelled because of the COVID stuff. But I've probably been doing it for about two years, and I still haven't competed. But I think you're right yeah. in say like, after six months, a year, just do it and just.
1: I think even sooner. Yeah. As soon as you can lift, as soon as, as soon as you can lift the requirements of the sport, just go and do one, because yeah. you'll straight away you'll train with more focus than what you would do if you are. Oh, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do a comp in a few months. Yeah. Like but you've if you got go to... for a fact, do one in fucking two months time, you'll train with more focus.
0: Yeah, and you've got a goal, and you you can. Like you're not gonna lackluster yeah. and you you're gonna do it properly.
1: That's
0: it. Yeah. And so is that what you you suggest for first time power lifters like getting into sport? Just do a competition. Straight in, away? Powerlifting,
1: 100% in powerlifting, definitely, one hundred percent in powerlifting because it's like there's nothing holding you back other than like can you do the lifts correctly? Yeah. Like all this, I've got to be lifted a certain number before I go and compete. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what you're was, not gonna, you, you're never gonna be satisfied by the numbers that you put up, so that's just it's pointless.
0: Yeah, you're right, because everyone's gonna strive for perfection, and they just wanna yeah. get better and better. So, what, how would you uh, des- describe your first powerlifting competition? Like your mindset going into it? Were you nervous or were you excited?
1: Nah, I don't really get nervous before comps that much. Like, mate, if I'm honest with you I can't. really remember it all no. that much? <laughs> Like, it was just another day, I guess. Like, I've done so much since then. And, like, not just in the sport, but just in general. Yeah. I don't really remember it all that much, but I didn't make a big deal out of it. Like, it wasn't a big deal because, like, nobody knew about it. Yeah. Like, powerlifting wasn't a part. Po- like, powerlifting isn't a popular sport now. Yeah. but it, <laughs> It's even less of a popular sport back then. Yeah. Like, I competed against one guy in my first competition the qualifier, to get to the British Championships and then no, then nobody. So, like, in my first year of competition, I competed against one person because it was that popular.
0: Jeez, that's mad. And it's now you're like, 80 like and
1: It was pointless getting nervous and anxious about it because, like, like, it, I just, I didn't have, I didn't have it on this big pedestal. Like, my coach didn't even tell us that I was good at it. He just goes, yeah, I just do want to do this competition. Yeah.
0: But and yeah, and then what? obviously, look at you now. Like you went to, you've been to Wales, You went, you've um, you still got the world record. I've not for the uh in the European, the European world record.
1: I think. Oh mate, I couldn't tell you. No, I know, <laughs> I know the world record. I know the world record being broken since, but I don't know. Oh no, I haven't got the, I haven't got the European because another British guy broke
0: it. Oh really? Well,
1: this is one of those things, like yeah.
0: Oh, but you still, but you can well still say and you said you you could say like you you have had you have held the world record squat in your weight class and okay. you've and the world record total. How does what does that how does that feel?
1: It's just, it's not really that big of a deal, to be no. honest with you. <laughs> like when you get there, like on the way up to it, you think it's like the biggest thing in your life at that point, and it's just like when you do this, like things are going to change for you and all that, and none of it changes. Yeah. Like it's just I don't know. Like I'd like to get up with that kind of standard again in sport, but like it doesn't happen again. I'm not that bothered. You know.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so my next question is going to be: um, So obviously you've went to worlds a couple of times. Well, four, four times, five times.
1: Uh, five, I think. So. And there was a few. There was a few as a junior as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that that's that. Counts in there because
1: like eight or 9 nationals, something like that. Okay,
0: that's so that's a, so for me that's like that's up here, like I'm like down here. <laughs> so what would you um what would you suggest to like um to get to that level? Like what what's the mindset of it to get to the world level?
1: You've got to be prepared to put in a minimum, right? So just to get close to an international standard, depending on like kind of, I'm I'm assuming this isn't like somebody who's like massively genetically gifted or not like that.
0: No, no, no. Just like an average Joe or someone who's like intermediate, you know, just wanting to think that he could could try and get there. Even if he can't, like what would you, the mindset to
1: So minimum, before we even get the conversation of could you get here? I'd say five, six years. Yeah. You've got to be prepared for that just to be in the conversation of, can I actually get to internationals? Yeah. Like, it's a marathon, not a sprint, as cheesy as it sounds. And it's like, I always tell people it's a sport of diminishing return. Yeah. So it's like, when you first start off doing it, you don't have to work hard at all to improve a lot. Yeah. But the better you get at it, you've got to work even harder to improve less and less. Yeah. So it's like, you can't, sh- like, if you put on 150 kilos to your total in your first year, amazing, but your fucking next year is going to be 75. Yeah, <laughs> then, and you're just going to get slower and slower.
2: Then
1: 30, and it just goes like that, and it's like, it's the people who enjoy the process more than the achievement that stick yeah. around, really. Like, yeah. unless you're super genetically gifted and you're going to get somewhere quick, or you're coming from a sport where you've already been strong, like, a big prop in rugby yep. might make a transition really easy into powerlifting because they've already been lifting. There's a big, like, lifting culture in rugby. Yeah. So it's, like, it really depends on the individual, but at most people really, before you even are going to get the chance to get close to that kind of level, five, six years of fairly solid just putting in the work, like.
0: Yeah. And um, I agree with you when you were saying about um... – you know, you lift for yourself more, you lift for intrinsic, intrinsically and extrinsically and not looking for it, the achievements because eventually when you get them achievements, you're just going to be like probably not as motivated anymore. So I, I do agree with you about the, the, the process, about um, the process, sorry, the uh, the Canadians coming out to me, um, <laughs> the, the process of lifting weights. And So you said like a minimum six years before you get to like that high peak standard of worlds. Okay. And um so, a little story, right? So, when I, I remember you, when you were a PT at JD Gym in Liverpool. Oh, right. right? yeah, yeah, so. You live with this guy's accent. Yeah, there. so, yeah, so, I remember when I, I wasn't a powerlifter, but I was like fucking around with weights and not doing the right stuff. I just remember you a few times, and you were squatting, and you had, like, I don't know how many places you had on the bar, but you had loads, and I was like, what the, what the hell is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell is this guy? Oh, my God. But, um, so what made you, um, anyway, my question was, what made you move to, um, Liverpool?
1: It was uni, mate. Just purely university. Like, I went and studied sports science, sport and exercise science at Liverpool, John Moores, and at the time, I don't know if it still is, I haven't really followed up on them or not like that, but like at the time, it was one of the best institutions in the world for sport and exercise science, so mm-hmm. like, it's not that far away, and I wanted to be the best that I could be with powerlifting and just with everything, yeah. so I just thought I'd go somewhere where i I get the better education.
0: So did you um, choose your education because of the lifting and stuff to help you with your...
1: Um, so basically what it, what it was was when I first left school, I just thought, like, right, I want to do a job where I'm going to make as much money as I can. So I studied, like, IT, accountancy, business studies, and I just hated all of it. Yeah. I just couldn't stand any of it. And, like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And the only thing that I did, like, doing was lifting weights.
2: Yeah.
1: So then I just figured I was going to just go to college and do that instead. Then so I just went and, like, learned about the exercise science. And we yeah, actually hated science in school. But then as soon as it was applied... In like a sporting context, I
0: just couldn't it. get enough of it. Yeah, and so yeah. did you feel like that was a, a big process in um, in your lifting career, so to say, like your PT in career or coaching?
1: Um, the move to Liverpool,
0: um, the, the, both moving to Liverpool and the John Moores, um, going to university, and
1: so the actual experience of going to university definitely. Yep. Like just, it's good to just get get a bit of life experience and to be out on your own and all that sort of stuff. One hundred percent. John is an amazing yeah. institution, and um, the only thing I probably would say is now is like looking back, I, I've never really been asked about my qualifications. I've never really like so I've never really, I like, never had to prove to a client me qualifications or anything like that, which is fucking bizarre. Yeah. Um. And. But the one, the best thing I got from university, one hundred percent though, is um the ability to like critically evaluate. Yeah. So like when whenever you're trying to come, whenever you're basically to kind of like forming your own philosophies and everything, there's way too many people now just kind of read what they want to hear and kind of like just yeah. read things that are gonna create their confirmation bias. Yeah. Whereas when you're in university, and if you want to get a good grade you need to kind of show that you can evaluate things from more than one perspective and then come to your own conclusion rather yeah. than just being it's X, Y, and Z because of this.
0: Yeah, I agree. So
1: and I, mean, I could have yeah. got that from any I could have got that from any university in the country really. Yeah. But saying that, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing because some of my best friends in the world are from Liverpool and if they live in Liverpool still and yeah. like if I hadn't have went there I wouldn't have met them, so Yeah. And yeah,
0: I, I, I and I completely agree with you about. Um, I think there's a lot of people like, they, like you said, they conform to their own bias and they don't apply like both sets of knowledge. And they, like, yeah. and they'll maybe even if they do try and read like a, a a paper or something, they'll just be like, okay, even though this paper says one thing and this paper says the other, I'm just gonna go with this because this is what I believe. I think that's yeah, a real well. massive problem in the uh, in in the industry and especially with like on instagram and stuff and they don't form their own conclusions and I, yeah i agree with you there like make yeah, it all people are
1: just people are just, there's, this instant gratification is crazy these days and like rather than actually put in a bit of time to do a bit of wider reading yeah they'll just search until they find someone that agrees with them and then they're right and you're wrong
2: yeah
0: exactly like, we
1: it's crazy like everybody wants to prove that they're right and that you're wrong and nobody actually wants to have a discussion these days about anything no it's insane
0: and it's weird because like every like even my instagram posts sometimes i'll um I'll read for 20 minutes and just look at like reviews and and different types of papers and because my view could be completely wrong in the scientific world so i so like getting a bit of background on what you' what you're posting would probably be a, a good thing um, like a good start to to do and stuff like that. Um. Yeah. So, what made you move back to? Um, you from Newcastle, Gated? Uh South Shields. South Shields. Oh yeah, you. Yeah. You know, because I remember um used like uh, obviously I follow you on Instagram. you Used to go to like away days and stuff with South Shields. You, you just walk yeah, go, yeah. yeah yeah.
1: Not that many. <laughs> Not that many.
0: Yeah. But um, I, mean, I can't I
1: can't handle the fucking chanting, man. doing me in. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So what made you move back to the, um, Southfields then?
1: Uh, it was just time. i have been in Liverpool a while and, I don't know, there's something about the city that I just, I, I love Liverpool City, this is not aimed at that at all. Yeah. There's something about city life that I just don't like. Yeah. And yeah, I just missed my mates and all that back home and it was just time to come back.
0: Yeah, it was just, was it, was that like, so it was more of a personal choice than a, a career choice? Oh
1: yeah yeah more of a a personal choice than anything
0: yeah and did that did that affect your career in any way or
1: no i mean my business my business is all online pretty much well largely online i still train people out of gyms but i can do that i can move to any place and find a gym that i can work train people out of and i've always got a computer and a phone so i can always keep in touch with people and all that didn't it, it was an easy decision to make just like then that and that made it easier knowing that I could just kinda of up sticks and just start up again.
0: Yeah, and what was and um so have you always done online programming and online training or did you like move away from the how how did that come about?
1: I've always done bits of everything really. So I've always had people that are train in gyms, I've always had people that are train online. It's just yeah, it's just I've always done a little bit of everything really.
0: Do you- but
1: f- I kind of found it hard to just kind of have one thing that I want to go into, like, my yeah. mind's all over the place all the time.
0: Yeah, did you find – so did did you find it um easy to, like, just do online or did you do you find it better working one-on-one or how, how, how would you
1: yeah, – There's pros and cons to all of it. Like, there's pros and cons to both of them. Like, sometimes when you're training people in person, if you feel like they're not committed – to me it's just i hate I hate wasting my time on people like that like mm-hmm. I hate the idea of giving up an hour of my time to try and help this person out when they can't help themselves out yeah. when I'm not yeah it's like so it's really easy to get frustrated when you're when you've got somebody who's given up who I'm giving up like two three hours a week for yeah sometimes for a number of months, and then it's just like they just give up, yeah, like that is that's that that's I don't want to say I take it personally, but it annoys me, and it's yeah. just like I would. Motivate, so, the, so that's the one benefit. So that's the one drawback. You've got a personal trainer, yeah. But then you can one hundred percent build up a better rapport with somebody in person, yeah. So then, obviously, you don't have that as much online communication. Like you've got to have somebody who's super motivated to be a good online trainer, yeah. And it's just like there's there's, there's pros and cons to all of it.
0: do you you feel, like, frustrated then sometimes when you're on a one-to-one and and people aren't committed or you don't think they're given, like, 100% that you want, like, you give them and they don't reciprocate
1: it? I I, I look at my time as being really valuable. Yeah. And, like, I don't mean that in a monetary sense. I just mean, like, look, if you don't want to actually put the effort in here, I'd much rather be fucking sat at home watching Netflix. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'd much rather be anywhere else, but yeah, yeah. if you can't be fucking asked, for here. Yeah. Have,
0: have you said that to many I, people? What, sorry? Have you said that to many people? Have you just said, you know oh, what, well, oh, yeah. see you later, I can't be asked with you anymore? Like yeah.
1: Not so much see you later. I don't, I wouldn't be like, you don't just fuck off. Yeah. But like, I've had those fucking come to Jesus meetings with people where you just like, where you just lay it all out and you just say like, Look, if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. Yeah. Like, I've even like, I've proper felt uncomfortable blasting some people in the middle of the gym just because of the things <laughs> that the fucking like, that come out of the mouth and all that. It's like I spent so long trying to teach people about like um, just eating in moderation and just like just getting the basics right and everything. Yeah. And like, I was I I was in a session with a client and mate, I just I had to go and just fucking step away for like five minutes, because she just, because like, honestly, I've been teaching her about like, not beating yourself about eating, about eating food and all this sort of stuff, and like, really like, borderline eating disorder stuff, to then feeling like I'd gotten, gotten into a better space, Yeah. and then she came in this one day, I swear to God, I'd been drilling it into her for six months, I'd sat her down, Drew out a diagram of why my way works and your way hasn't, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then this one day she came in. She goes, "Oh, I'm going on holiday. No cars before mobs." (laughs) And I just, I just, I hit the fucking roof. (laughs) Hit the fucking roof. I had honestly, I had to go and set away for five minutes.
0: Yeah, that frustrates.
1: It's infuriating.
0: Yeah. Do Do you feel like um? So, obviously, when you get a coach or you get a personal trainer, you have to put your trust in them. Do you feel like sometimes that they don't give you enough, like that girl, they don't give you enough trust to know what you're doing?
1: Mate, I just think with most of it, most of the ones that frustrate you, they just come in with the attitude of, right, I'm going to sort myself out now. I'm going to pay somebody else to fucking tell me what to do. And it's just like that's not a, like if that's your motivation going into it from the very start. Yeah, I don't really think you've got much of a chance of getting anywhere with it. Yeah, so it's you, like we just we don't like people just want to be fucking spoon fed everything. Yeah, and it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I remember when uh, when I had my coach and. um. All I used to ask him was I used to pick his brains all the time. I'd like he'd tell me what to do, but I wouldn't get okay, then that's it. I'd always try and pick his brains. And I feel like that could be the difference between someone who's like really committed and someone who's just like there' to just do a workout, go home and not think about it again. Would you agree? It depends
1: as well though, because then if that question is something that like we've had a discussion about three or four times then it shows that you're not really engaging that much in the first place. It's like, it's good to ask questions and everything, but it's also, it's like, that can be a bit of a slippery slope to where it goes back to like, one of my, one of my philosophies as a coach is like, after you've worked with me, you should be able to do the basics yourself. And like, you should basically be able to do the, do the basics yourself and be your own coach for a good while, unless you want anything like super specific. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I get the whole asking questions for all that side of things, but then sometimes then that just reinforces the PT as your crutch. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm happy to answer questions and all that, but if it's something that I know for a fucking fact I've answered a good few times, I just, that's when I say, like, look, how much are you actually paying attention? Because I know for a fact we've had this conversation before. Yeah. And so it's, it, it all depends.
0: Yeah, and... um Okay and so um you were talk briefly about um so that woman had a, a like a disordered eating pattern so would mm. you say um so with you like diet what's your like go to with um diet do you um what type of like method do you use
1: man i just you're asking the wrong person about yeah. diet again. <laughs> like I don't admit. I don't believe in any of it. Yeah. Just get the basics right. If I was to say anything, it'd be your eighty twenty.
2: Yeah.
1: Eighty twenty. That would be the that would be the thing. But it's like I don't give a fuck what time I eat my first meal in the day. I don't care how many how many cups of coffee I have in a day. Like I'm really just trying to eat as intuitively as possible most of the time. Yeah. Unless I'm getting ready for something specific, like. People who are tracking for a year constantly with no breaks, multiple years constantly with no breaks, I, I don't think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, I remember I used to do uh, well. I, I've I've come back into it now for the last month, but I used to do uh, macro counting, and within like six months, I think it was I was doing it for, and I was like,
1: I can't be asked to doing this anymore.
0: Like it's just yeah. too much, too much, like, like. in your head.
1: It's a good thing to do, excessively when you're learning it. Yeah. But yep. then you should be putting in regular diet breaks. One hundred percent putting in regular diet breaks to where like you're not where you're not counting and you're not necessarily worrying about like eating to a specific way. Yeah. You should be having them in regularly. But for me, I only want to be focused on that stuff. I'm getting. I'm getting ready for something specific now. Yeah.
2: So like, that's I'd it.
1: Much rather just I'd much rather know how to eat intuitively, yeah, and not be as bothered about my physique for a bit. Like I've, I'm happy with how I look right now, and I'm I haven't tracked a thing all lockdown,
0: yeah. And I'm how's that hard. How's that been the lockdown for you? Like because I know about, up here it's yeah. it's uh it's it's actually quite good up here. Like there's there's no cases, so we can go to the gym again. Yeah. But what's it like back at home?
1: It's getting boring as fuck now, mate. I'll tell you that. I think we're about 13 weeks in. Three, yeah. I think it's... It's definitely 10. It's somewhere between 10 and 13 weeks, I think it is. Something like that. It's just... The novelty wore off about fucking six weeks ago. Yeah. And now the weather's turning shit. So that's just making it even worse. <laughs>
0: I know, it must be horrible, like, being pent in, not being able to, to go to the gym, but I've seen, like, on your Instagram and stuff, you're still trying to move, and you're still trying to do some sort yeah, of Yeah, training's
1: been good. training's been really good. I've just, all this extra time on my hands, I've just been trying to just train more frequently in the day, and, I don't know, it's just, there's nothing
0: else to do. Yeah, what's that, what's that process been like, from, like, lifting weights to not lifting as heavy anymore, or do you have a home gym?
1: doesn't bother me, one bit yeah. like yeah. mate. I just like working hard, doesn't matter what it is, That's like working hard.
0: Yeah, no so, matter what, you'll just do it.
1: I'll get I'll get the same kind of, I'll get the same kind of enjoyment, not necessarily at the time, but just like, the but the internal things you get from training and everything. Yeah. I get the same feeling as what I do, squatting something big, to what I do like, running a kilometre hard. Like yeah. I just like working hard, I just like working hard, that's it.
0: Yeah, so you're training like once or twice now a day, because...
1: Uh, like two three times a day sometimes but then like they're not all hard sessions like a walk like anything deliberate for me is a session okay so like if i just go out for a walk with a like a if i go for a walk with a weighted rucksack that's a session like if i just do some stretching that's a session like uh, it, it doesn't it's it doesn't have to be a certain level of difficulty or intensity to be deemed a session. Like active recovery is a session. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know? True. And people just don't look at it that way.
0: How was it going from powerlifting to um bodybuilding? did your training change? It was
1: different. It was definitely different. Like I tell this story a few times to people and like um so before I actually did the competition I went to go and watch a show. And it was a it was a Naba show, and I know you're allowed to take gear with Naba, and it was like it 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 was just weird. It was just a weird, weird, weird experience. Like the first thing I saw, the absolute very first thing that I saw was uh, some 19 year old kid getting his ma to put fake tan on like these inner thigh. It was like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, is this normal? (laughs) What's going on? So, like, that was the very first thing that I saw. But then, like, I don't know. It's just, it was just weird. Like, the the kind of people that are attracted to bodybuilding, like, most of the conversations I had with people, they just wanted to talk about them fucking selves. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, just. It was almost as if, like, every person you had a conversation with I couldn't wait for you to stop talking so they could talk about themselves.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Bizarre. But, like, I got what I needed out of watching the show. Like, I just wanted to kind of see how it all worked, like, what the order of events was. Yeah. Um, Kind of how people took to, like, how people approached their posing routines. I went with a notepad. I made notes and all that. Like, I got what I needed out of it, you know? Yeah. But then um oh, it was meant. Training for the training for that competition was fucking class. Really? Doing the competition was class as well. Mate, I enjoyed all of it.
0: Yeah. Even even like the diet and dance, to like whatever percent body fat.
1: Yeah. Cause it was because I don't care how I look. That wasn't the goal, that wasn't the idea behind it. Yeah. The goal the goal behind it was how far can I take it? without like, neglecting anything from my life, so I was still going to see my godson, still going for walk in the park, still putting fucking sugar in my coffee, yep. still having gingerbread lattes, all that sort of stuff. I was still doing as much of that as I possibly could. And I just wanted to see how far I could push it, and I don't know, I enjoyed... I just enjoyed restricting myself like that and just seeing what I was actually capable of.
0: Yeah, and what's the mindset going into that? Because... I mean, for me, getting to that percent body fat just seems like, just madness to me.
1: Just, like, so, I wasn't, I didn't actually know what I was capable of. I didn't know how it was going to look. Yeah. So, like, it was fun. Like, every time, like every, time, every three or four days, when you've been restricting yourself, then you woke up and, like, a little bit more detail came in. Like, it was exciting. Yeah. It was cool to see, like it was just class seeing yourself. Just me, I honestly thought the the thing that would have actually really fucked me head would have been how light I got. Yeah, but it honestly didn't. Like I got to something like I think I was eighty five point six on the scale for both shows. Yeah, something like that, and like I, it was tiny compared to how I have looked. But like I don't know, I just I didn't really care.
0: What what what's your like? average weight what do you normally like walk around at on average
1: fucking hell (laughs) in in which year it fucking changes year by year man (laughs) just okay just
0: before your competition
1: right so I reckon right I'll answer it this way all things going well and me not being an absolute fat mess I should probably walk around at about 97 kilos.
0: 97, okay. So
1: I'd probably say about 97. Like, right now, I'm about 99, 100-ish. Yeah. There's still a few kilos I could drop, and I wouldn't have to, like, it wouldn't be much of an effort. It would just be stop eating like a bastard and stop drinking so much cider.
0: Yeah, so that's so yeah. that's a big weight weight change, isn't it? The swing from
1: 97. Yeah, but from then... Like I, but from me starting to get bit in better shape to making stage was like a year and a half, two year process, and I started at about one hundred and twelve kilos. Really? Yeah. Like I, wow. it got out of hand with my fucking stupid head. The way that I keep getting so depressed all the time, like it got out of hand that year.
0: Really? So what? So were you like fluctuating as you were? They in the competition, or was it like?
1: No, um... oh, no, no. So like, I'm talking like, it was 2019 when I did the comp. Yeah. Like I'm on about like end of 2017. Like right around the time. So like right after I kind of like moved back up home here, and I knew that I was done with powerlifting and everything. I was like, I was low one tens, yeah, in body weight, and then it was just like a slow decline. And then it just ended up with me making stage.
0: So it's a it was a long that is a long process of two years to get to.
1: It is, and this is why you have to kind of, this is why you have to have it in your head that you've got to be very process oriented in this. Yeah. Because most people, like I, it took me nearly two years to get that lean from where I was, and I've already got a shitload of muscle. Yep. Most people who are worried about how they look. They don't even have any fucking muscle yet. Yeah. And this is why you've got to be process-oriented, because if you're only... If you're if you you're one too quickly, you're not going to get it, and you're not going to keep it. Yeah. So it's like, that's why you, you've you got to find other ways to actually keep things interesting, because if the only thing that you're interested in is how big your fucking arms are getting, or if you can see your abs yet, you're, you're, gonna, you're fucked.
0: Yeah, you're not going to do it. Um... What so was there any point in them two years where you were just like, "Fuck this, like uh, it's not worth it," or did or was your mind just always like tunnel vision? I'm going for it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say any of those things. Like it just it's honestly just started off with me just making better decisions and not putting pressure on myself to compete in anything. Yeah, like the thing that made the thing that made me. The thing that made doing the bodybuilding comp last year possible yep. was that I just didn't try and compete in anything sport, strength sport wise for a couple of years. Like I just had to take that little mental reset. Because yep. I'd done, I'd competed in probably an average of three or four competitions a year, maybe five, since the age of 17 up to 28. It's like, like if you go, like if you go away abroad, it's not a holiday. I was going away to compete, and then I wasn't staying out there
2: yeah.
1: for that long. Like, and even if I was, I was still coming down mentally from the competitions. I wasn't really enjoying the countries that I was in. Yeah, like you can probably count the amount of times I'd be on a holiday on one hand, because every other time I was going away abroad somewhere, it was to compete and there was a job to be done.
0: Yeah, it was a yeah it was that mentality of being like a professional without getting the money for being a professional yeah would you would you say like you're so for the um so obviously like I think with like obviously doing powerlifting and bodybuilding I think mean you need like a certain mindset to to do them things and like be on all the time would you would you agree?
1: I think that's how I approached it, but I don't think you need to be like that. Yeah. Like I think that's I think that's probably the worst thing that anybody getting into any spoken thing. Yeah. Because it's way too easy then to lose sight of why you're doing something, and it's like it, if if that's your mindset all the time, you have to be on like all the rest of it. It's going to become a chore fast. Yeah. And, like. I would have had no problem with powerlifting being a chore if I was making premiership footballer money. Yeah. Like but you are just not. The reality is you're just not.
2: Yeah.
1: So when it becomes a chore, it gets really fucking hard to get out of bed for and do. Like
0: Yeah, yeah, especially when you're not there's you're not getting paid for it and you've just gotta um That's it. So okay, so you mentioned about your uh depression. So how has fitness? Because obviously this is a mental health podcast too. It's not just um, so it's a well-being thing. What? So how has fitness aided your mental health, and how has it affected it in a negative way?
1: So now that I've got a bit, of, bit of a better handle on things, now I just appreciate fitness for what it is. Like I try and do physical things most days yeah. if I'm feeling pretty run down, I won't do anything strenuous that day, I'll just go for walks like, it's a it's huge, it's the, it is the, it is probably the one thing that I've got that kind of is a consistent in me life where like I keep it trying to go all the way through mm-hmm. and when I can't do those things they, the wheels can kind of fall off and sometimes it's me just kind of, me being a bit self-sabotagey and not wanting to go out and do stuff, that's kind of what is my downfall, mm-hmm. but it's just the feeling of working hard for me. Like just pushing something hard. It all depends on like how you, it it depends on what kind of person you are really as well, where people who are externally driven, like they're going to find it hard just training for fitness. And it's like, I was like that because the very first first thing that I did for fitness and training was starting to lift weights because I felt I was too small on the rugby field. Yeah. So it was like, there was a definite purpose for that. It was never just to be healthy.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then when I started seeing success in powerlifting, that took me a bit further on. And then it became even more important to make all the right decisions and everything. And then I just went way too crazy with it. And it's very, very easy to get too come up in it. Yeah. And to where to point where like, you don't want to go out drinking with your friends because it's going to get in the way of you waking up to the set for your gym tomorrow. And you don't want to be squatting 250 when you're hungover and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, I just took things way too seriously yeah. because it was like, it kind of became my identity. Yeah. And I think that's something that is crazy um, prevalent in this day and age now with social media. Like, I don't know if it's just that. Pe- I'm not seeing the other sides of people's personalities, but it seems like a lot of people in powerlifting who trying to make it in powerlifting for whatever reason yep. it just seems like it's like their identity
2: yeah and, and
1: should... i don't know if that's uh i don't know if that's like a branding strategy or what but it just seems like it's it seems like it takes up too much of a place in people's lives and it should
0: yeah i've well in terms of like that um being like powerlifting being your identity, for me, like, from my experience with working with powerlifters, with, like, mental health stuff, and, and teaching them about certain things, it's, they always think that, like, powerlifting is a get-out for them and it really helps them in numerous ways. Would you yeah. agree with you, with yourself as well, that it just, like, take you out, like, that bubble or any, like...
1: See, I would have agreed with that a few years ago. Yeah. But I often wonder if the people who are who have it like that, and that's how strong they feel about it, it just makes me think like is it a crutch yeah is it something that they're putting way too much emphasis on because if they didn't, they would have little else yep I'll tell you, that's how it was for me
0: yeah so you so you think it's like um if so if you ask the question, could you give up lifting tomorrow? would you say if they said yeah would you say that's that's the crutch gone or if they say no I can't give her up would you say that's, that, that's the crutch I
1: don't know like because this lockdown probably made me realise that I could answer no to that question I could answer that I'd give a Yeah. like I'm absolutely fine doing what I'm doing right now like I just like working hard as I say but like I don't know because then you're making it, you're making it forbidden fruit, then, aren't you? And then you always want forbidden fruit. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not very Embarrassing, I don't think.
0: No, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, it's a bit. Would you? What would you have said before lockdown?
1: I was definitely worried. Yeah. But I knew there was ways. But then again, like all I've done is found strategic ways to still be able to lift. Yeah. I've made I've made sandbags and stuff like that. Like I'm just doing pull ups on my front porch and stuff. Like I've I've just made I've found strategic ways to still lift. Yeah. But me training hasn't been like traditional lifting. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I really don't know.
0: Do you think so? Would you say like any? So instead of just doing like powerlifting or bodybuilding or just going to the gym lifting weights, you say just fitness in general is just a good thing. Obviously, it's a good thing to have for your mental health. But would you say like obviously lifting weights and then um, doing what you're doing now. Would you say there's any difference in your like your mental state from doing your powerlifting to doing what you're doing now, or is it about the same or
1: Well, there's no pressure to really get ready to compete in anything. So like my mental state's different just because I know that I'm just training for the sake of training right now, like I'm not training with anything specific in mind. mm mm-hmm. Um hey you probably stumped us on these questions yeah yeah. sorry (laughs) yeah you probably stumped us like i don't know i I don't like i think i think a big part of it is like i try not to focus on things i can't control yeah so like right now which is like i'm making the most of a bad situation but i I would rather be in the gym like lifting heavy or grappling something like that like but i know that i can't do that right now so it's just like i'm just making the most of a bad situation and focus on the things that are going to help me when we get back at the gym. So, yeah. me improving my cardio, it's helping me stay in mind. Any exercise helping me stay in mind, so that's a good thing. Yeah. But also as well, like you know, me recovery is going to be good when when I can get back lifting weights. Yeah. If you just sat around doing absolutely nothing, like one, you're going to put yourself at risk because you're going to get in there, you're going to go a little bit too crazy because you haven't been the gym for like. It might end up being six months by the time we get back in the gyms. So who knows? You haven't had the gym for six months you've not lifted anything on, on the squat rack for that long people are going to go crazy they're going to hurt themselves yeah and if they haven't been training of anything during this time it just increases the chances of that happening even more
0: yeah and so i mean obviously for you you've you've been doing different things what would your advice be for people who are like just sitting and doing nothing
1: um, people who are sitting and doing yeah, nothing yeah
0: yeah yeah so like say like you know they've been powerlifting or they lift weights and then now they just can't be asked doing anything because all they want to do is lift weights what was your advice to them be
1: stop crying over fucking spilt milk yeah. the gyms are shut for a good while it is what it is like it's a shit situation but like you know, it's it's even worse if you don't make the most of it yourself and when you do get back to the gym, you're gonna be so you're gonna be so, like you're gonna be so excited to have your squat rack, your bench, your deadlift platform, all that. Yep. You're gonna do too much work. You're gonna end up hurting yourself, or you're gonna do way too much because it's been so long since you've been back at the gym that you're gonna have like a rest day in the first five weeks, and you're gonna get burnt out. You're gonna get demotivated. Yep. So just like stop putting the big like, stop I, I think people have put too much power on the gym like give the gym too much power yeah and that now the gym has been taken away from you people don't know what the hell to do it's like but because i know other ways to train i've been fine like yep. the gym is no longer a crutch for me yeah like if i don't want to go to the gym but i want to get something done I'm happy just skipping on my front drive, even after this pandemic. It's it's class. Yeah, I, I really enjoy skipping, or I'll just play with my sandbags. I might—that's not a euphemism. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm thinking about getting a squat rack for the back garden. Like, I might do that if it goes on too long. Yeah. But like, honestly, just the main thing that people can do right now is just get out and move about.
0: Yeah, just move.
1: Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be anything crazy you could literally just you could like i can think of three hard kinds of walks of three walks of different of different like in, intensities yep. you can walk somewhere flat with nothing on you that's just fine that's just you moving around that's better than doing nothing in, sitting around the house doing nothing yep. if you want to make that a little bit harder get a rucksack put eight kilos of rice in it you've got a bit of extra load there, and if you want to make it harder again, find somewhere Hilly, and put the rucksack on. Yep. It's like, if you do, if you commit to doing that, like, every day, doing a variation of that for an hour, yep. you'll be in a far better position than what you will be just sitting down and doing nothing. And you can, you can, like, be, you can, you can get as efficient as possible by writing, I've got, like, an hour where I've got to just answer emails here. Yep. So I'm gonna take my phone out, I'm gonna go for a walk and I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Rather than sitting and doing it on your laptop or whatever. Yeah. There's plenty of ways around everything. It's just Getting
2: if the people don't want to to do move, it.
1: they're gonna they're gonna convince themselves of a way to not move. Yeah. Agree. And you've got to you've got to change you've gotta be the first line of defense in changing your your own thoughts.
0: Yeah, Okay, um so a couple of like only like a couple of questions. Um so I know you've got at an Olympic tattoo, yeah, on your chest, and the rumor has it that you put that on your chest because you wanted um uh powerlifting to become an Olympic sport is uh, that true?
1: Half, wrong.
0: Ha- half wrong half right ah uh.
1: no no, no. So that, that that is that is right, but that's not the only reason I got it, oh okay, so it's like it, it represents a few things, so it's like I look at the Olympics as the pinnacle of sport, yep and. When I moved away at university, like that was the reason why I was doing it. I wanted to learn everything I could to become the best. Yep. So like I got on it there to remind myself every time I saw it to why I was away, why I was doing what I was doing in the first place. Yep. And again, it de- it definitely does represent like my hope that, that the index will one day have powerlifting.
0: Yeah. Do you think That's, it will? It'll
1: definitely be, be. It'll definitely be um when I'm done competing. Yeah. Well, who knows? Hopefully, I'll be there coaching at the Olympics. At
0: the <laughs> so, do you, do you think it will happen? Do you think it should? It should be a sport, an Olympic sport.
1: Uh, I sadly don't think it will happen, mate. No, I really don't think it will happen. It just seems like just the bullshit excuses, like that, the safer it for it not being included. It's like, like one of the excuses is, well, we've already got a strength sport. We've got weightlifting but then you see fucking road cycling, BMX, track cycling, Yeah, there's three different kinds of cycling. They just don't want it. And do you know what? It's a boring as fuck sport. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't blame them for not wanting powerlifting in the Olympics. It's fucking yeah. shit to watch.
0: <laughs> but do you think that's the same with Olympic weightlifting, or do you actually like watching that? Or
1: well, At least Olympic lifting's fast. Yeah. Like, Powerlifting's not even fast. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. It's the whole thing. It's the drugs. It's like, it's just, there's loads of things with it now. And I just, I don't think it'll get there. Yeah. I'd love to be proven wrong. I absolutely would love to be proven wrong, but I don't want to bullshit anybody. Yeah.
0: I think, I think that's one of the main reasons, isn't it? It's the, it's a, the, the drug problem, but like every, every athlete is taking something. Like let's have it right. Every elite me. athlete. Every not eight. me. <laughs> every like, so you know you say like say Usain Bolt I'm uh, not like I'm not saying anything about Usain Bolt, but yeah. there is no way you, you can run that fast purely on genetics and training. Right, so
1: here's the thing, right? I don't like I don't like to be that kind of um committing committal and like um brash and say he's definitely done something. Yeah, because there are just some genetic freaks out there. Like you can definitely say that there's nobody who who's ran as fast as him before. Yeah, but you also haven't seen that many six foot five as. Yeah, like his stride length alone kind of can't like, can um explain yeah. his freakish speeds because usually like people that tall don't have the explosiveness. Mm-hmm but he's got, he's, got, he's got it both, so I would like to just say it's a genetic outlier thing. He hasn't failed anything in the past, yeah. but we know how good the coaches are these days at making sure people are covered up and everything. Yeah. Like, so not- What I always like to say is like, it just wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If, if, if it came out that yeah. any athlete on the planet had, had tested positive for something anabolic, yeah. it just doesn't surprise me anymore, yeah. pretty much, like...
0: Yeah, look at Lance Armstrong when when all that happened, and everyone was yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, You can probably oh. no one's like surprised. Yeah, like you you are right. Yeah. Like,
1: but get, but even then though, like if it wasn't him, it was going to be somebody else. Oh, Cause definitely. Because yeah. when you look down on the list of Tour de France, like the places.
0: Isn't it you have to go down somewhere like fifteenth place to find somebody who had has a S positive before? Yeah, it's um well it was that Invictus thing, wasn't no, it, on Netflix? Like did did you watch that? The the Invictus? Which
1: one?
0: The um so he was it was a cycler and um he was doing like uh an amateur like an amateur oh, race. Oh yeah, yeah. And I finished, know exactly what you're talking about, I can't
1: yeah.
0: the name of it. Invictus I think it's Invictus. I think. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, and he and he and even then he finished like fourth or fifth after going on like yeah. a cycle for a year, and you're just like, hang am gone." If that's an amateur race and he's finishing fifth, yeah. what's going on in like the the pros or like? God, well, I'll say it's genet- genetics genetics play a part of it and and all that sort of thing.
1: It's insane, but you know what it is. For the most part, I get it as well, though. Yeah. Like one of the things that I've always said is like I. I asked to be a part of powerlifting. I didn't, like, they didn't ask me, so I'm going to abide by their rules and everything. Yeah. And it's easy for me to sit here and say that because I know that there's no fucking financial yeah. incentives to yeah. being a high-level powerlifter. Yeah. So I can sit here and go, look, look, it doesn't really bother me. Like, I'm curious as to what I could achieve with it, but yeah. not enough to actually do it right now. When well, that might change at some point in my life, I might get close at 40 and think, uh, yeah. Let's just start, let's just start taking a little bit of gear because things are gonna fucking start to decline naturally anyway.
0: Yeah, and you but just like, do a, trt do at some
1: point. Yeah, that's that?
0: probably you just do trt, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's I I'd, I'd do yeah. exactly the same thing. Like, you
1: might do something like that anyway. Yeah, but when there's millions of dollars on the line and you inject in a needle is the difference between you making between you struggling for a living yeah. or you making enough money to fucking be Live sweet a mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely see. Oh, I, I can definitely see where, where, where people fall down that hole, where people fall down that
0: hole. Yeah, and so, I'd, I'd do exactly the it. same thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm. I would do exactly the same thing. Like, if I knew, yeah. if I knew, like, if say, if I was at a, I don't know, say, if I was a cyclist like Lance Armstrong, and if I knew he was doing it, I'd do exactly the same thing because he's getting the upper hand on me, and it could be the difference yeah. between me making a hundred thousand dollar sponsorship to a twenty thousand dollar sponsorship. Like, yeah it's a, it's a big
1: your your quality of life is going to be significantly different for yeah. having either of those two things yeah so it's more like probably, i, I it. like i'm not saying that i agree with this yep. but i get it
0: yeah i yeah same. i get it too like like i remember there was a, a study about um like elite athletes and he said if you could take a, a supplement now to make you win a gold medal and in five years you die most of them like 80% of them yeah. said yeah, I'm, I'll do that. And I'll die that's in five years. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, because that's, that's crazy, how that's crazy, how committed we like. are. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, um. Last last question. You have started your own podcast as well, aren't you? I've just seen oh, I seen right. that, and um. Your personality on Instagram is like fucking hilarious. So, <laughs> I just, <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to ask, like. What makes you like? Is that just your? Obviously, it's your personality. But how do you? How do you respond to people? And when like I I remember seeing messages and stuff, and like unfollowed, unfollowed, and you're like, yeah, cheers, fuck off. But how? (laughs) How? What makes you like come up with like these ideas? Is it just you, or do you just wake up and go,
1: I'm gonna do this? Mate, I wish I could tell you. (laughs) <laughs> it's the only I can tell you. It's just I've just got a proper hyper in my brain, and then sometimes like I'll be sad and like I'll just get like a stupid idea in my head, yeah. And then like just it just snowballs from there, yeah. Like perfect example when that guy um messaged me to tell to tell him that he unfollowed us and that I was a fat faggot.
0: Yeah.
1: Like when I got that message off him, like immediately, the first thing that went in my head was, I wonder if I can get him to admit that he'll follow us again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just started messaging him and then it was like, oh, I'm going to troll the fuck out of him here. And then, it, then within the space of like 10 minutes, I went from just typing out a message back to try and get him to follow me again, yeah. to see if he could, to then coming up with the fucking bananas and the wine bottle, guy. <laughs> But I it's my mind just races like that when I get an idea, and then like, so if you ever see me just start giggling at myself, I guarantee, guarantee, yeah, I've just thought of a stupid picture <laughs> happening to me. or oh, we are gonna fucking prank somebody.
0: <laughs> so you know, yeah. So what's your uh, what's your podcast gonna gonna be about then?
1: So it's the Project Not You Go podcast, and for me. I want. To, I want to get back to competing as soon as we can.
0: Mm-hmm. Bodybuilding and or powerlifting? All of it. All of it.
1: Okay. Bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman. I want to try and become the nat- the best natural strength athlete on the planet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I want to win the I, I want win the IPF world title. I want be pro in natural bodybuilding, yep. and I also want to get to a world natural strongman championships.
0: Okay. Those and are your, are they I want to goals? Do it.
1: I want to do it without my head f- fucking falling off this time. <laughs> I want to try and keep my head together and like keep my life together this time.
0: Do you f- do you think I doing the whole the whole shebang? Do you think it'll take its toll on you, or do you think you it like the the mental preparation and all that's gonna be like I know when I'm gonna do. I Ichi just think I've this. learned
1: a lot about myself and about how I actually want to live my life right now, and like, I, like. I say that I want to do these things, but if at any point I feel like it's getting in the way of me being happy, yeah, I'm quite happy to just fucking say ah, fuck that.
2: Yeah,
1: I I want to get back and I, I want to get back to competing again because I enjoy it. Yep. but I don't want to lose the sense of fun this time. Yeah,
0: and what? And you, I
1: just didn't find that last three or four years of competing fun.
0: Yeah. So what what are you gonna? What, so how's that gonna plan out? Have you decided like you're gonna do a? Uh... Powerlifting and then bodybuilding and then strongman, I've got or you just no gotta yeah,
1: mate yeah,
0: just do whatever.
1: I've got no idea. Oh, like again, like I said before, I don't like dwelling on things that I'm not in control of right now. Yeah. Like I don't like I don't like dwelling on things that I'm not in control of.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: right now, there's no dates for any competitions. Yeah. Obviously. There's only rumors. Yeah. And even if there were dates for competitions, there's not much I can do about it right now because I'm just. I still can't get to the gym anyway. Yeah. So I'm just gonna keep training. Get in the best shape I can, eat as much food as I can, and then when I'm ready to decide on what the first one's gonna be. It definitely won't be bodybuilding though. I think I'll end up ending on bodybuilding. Yeah. Just because it's gonna take the biggest toll out of us and like I realise now from doing that first comp, like Really want to be giving yourself a good year just to recover from that, from getting ready for that competition. So yep. I'm 32 next week. I don't have that many more years where I can really be at the elite end of strength sports because of how long I've been in them for.
2: Yeah.
1: So probably talking like a five-year max timeline of this. Yep.
0: Um so, what would you do? What would you do in your uh, powerlifting? Would you go to the 105s again, or 93s, or what? How would that? Whatever,
1: let's just see where. Let's just yeah. see where. Let's see what body weight I'm sitting at when the time comes, yep. Yeah. And then we'll plan from there. We just, I don't, I don't like to look too far ahead with stuff like that,
0: yep. Yeah, yeah. pointless. Just be in the present, mindfulness,
1: yeah. Like, you got it. I really, really do teach me, I like, really do work hard to try and stay in the present as much as I can,
0: yeah. And that's perfect. Like, that's what I teach yeah. everyone is like mindfulness is we've got to
1: and... be, we've got to yeah. be like. Like even like like sometimes, especially with people that know me, I get really annoyed when people ask us what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Because <laughs> when people know us, they know that I fucking hate answering yeah. that question. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, mate, it's like I don't know what the calendars are looking like. I don't know anything about the current situation. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep focusing on me, keep yep. eating well, keep training hard. Know when
0: somebody get ready for? Yep.
1: We'll focus in, and we'll see what we're in.
0: No, um, like I say thank you very much for doing this because I know you're taking time out your day to um to get to to do this. You didn't have to do it, so I'm really grateful for you, like man, taking time problem, out your day man, and, and getting. But um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are gonna really enjoy this episode, and I've set the bar really high on this. I think. You no, know, like you say this is
1: your first episode.
0: Yeah, it's my first episode, yeah. Oh,
1: yes,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes I, used... I love it. I just, I yes. just took your podcast virginity. Yeah, yeah so this is. I like... like it, lad. Good man. So
0: yeah, first episode out the bag, all done. Yes. But yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, mate,
1: no problem at
0: all, man. I hope um, everything goes well. I'm gonna keep, obviously, I'm gonna keep uh, track of you on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever. And uh, I'm looking forward to your uh, podcast as well.
1: Oh, mate, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks for having us on as well. No
0: worries. Um, so this has been the first episode of Pep Talk um, with Steve Manuel. And, yeah, so see you later. And. Uh...